0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, and we are back. The On My Block podcast co-host Mike Wall with me. Packers all-time leading rusher. Most handsome man in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Soon to be Houston, Texas. I'm on Green. Mom, what's
1: up, Ed? Appreciate for the man, answer. That,
0: there we go. We're off mute. There we are. There we go. Appreciate you. What's going on, man. man? Happy man, summer. Not
1: much. Yep. Happy summer. Just packing up, getting strong. <laughs> I'm putting I, that. Yeah, I have, right. I'm like in my training camp mindset because it's like endless days of boxes.
0: <laughs> you you got, know what I, I was just talking about this with somebody else. They're always like, you know, looking back at man. You know how you flip that switch after July 4th and you just kind of get a little bit like your ears are up all the time. You're looking, you're Mm kind of looking to make arguments a little bit more, like all that kind of stuff's happening. And uh, I still work with these, I've been working with these a couple, you know, a handful of guys on different teams the last couple, about the last month. Yeah, I saw
1: one of your posts on Twitter. It looked good. And uh, it's just
0: nuts, man, because we're so far removed from that, but I I still feel it. Like I just, yeah, I just still feel And I say, there's a place down in Houston you gotta check out. It's called All In. It's O L L I N. Guy's name is Doctor Lou. Runs this facility. Okay. He's got I'll about go forty guys going through there. NFL guys all the time. Okay. He's got physical therapy. He's got he's unbelievable facility, right? I'm gonna have to stop does, soccer, does everything. There's a but AG. So I'm there working with these dudes, and then there's a bunch of retired guys that show up, and I don't know if they're. I mean, like. I know like Antonio Cromartie they there working with some DBs. Like there's some guys working with dudes, but right. there's also just some guys that are just wanting to, you know, just be around and they're just right. hanging out and they're teaching. They're, they're just, they're taking the information they had and trying to help the next generation.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, it's just, dude, it was like, it was so refreshing to be in that environment again, where
1: it's just yeah.
0: all players looking out for each other. Everybody's working to make the younger guys better. It was, it was fun, man. I had a great time.
1: Oh man, I love that environment. That's a thriving environment right there.
0: It really yeah. is.
1: It really it's it's you forget sometimes
0: just how much fun it is to be in the locker room. Come this time of year,
1: mm-hmm. right? People, you're on the same page with same mindset because you know what training camp is about. And for ours, it was a redundant thing of is it the next day or where are we at? And because our bodies are like, what are you doing, man? What are you and doing? as you get
0: and as you get older as you get old, like we never you never had a moment where you were thinking okay I'm gonna save you're not saving yourself for anything no, no zero but you but you're but you do get to understand where the how the game's played and what and and what practices are gonna have an emphasis and, and you know mm-hmm. like when we have nine on seven and we have goal line it's like okay like pull it back a little bit tighter today because that, that means like goal lines live and that means something a little bit different we have to win every one of those reps. Because yep. then if we win the rest of those reps, like the rest of the day, the rest of the next two days, like Sherm's going to be happy. Life is good. You Life know what I really mean?
1: Good. Exactly. I know what you if mean. AG
0: gets a, if, you, if you get three first downs and three touchdowns in that series, like we're done. It's like the rest of the week. It's like mm-hmm. everyone's going to be pretty happy with us.
1: And very <laughs> happy. Know? Yeah, very yeah, happy. Yeah, man. Yeah, coaches are, are let, a lot less stressed. And sphincters are not tight anymore. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> so – in the betting lines right now. Oh, excuse me. I forgot. I almost forgot them on our favorites. Betonline. Oh, yeah. Thank you for our sponsor. Betonline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Betonline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet Online, where the game starts. And AG, I was just gonna say, on Bet Online, if you look at the odds to make the playoffs in the NFC North, mm-hmm. we're last. Packers are dead last.
1: Ooh, kind of like that post you, you that retweeted about the social media
0: <laughs> as well. Well, we, we should talk about that. Let's talk about that. We can talk about it right yeah. now or a little bit later if you we want. We can do but, that
1: later for Get Off yeah, My Line. but, we can do but, that for get but off listen.
0: I I suppose that makes, like, rationally the logical me goes, okay, you just lost, you know, top two or three quarterback in the league, Hall of Fame quarterback, I don't care where you want to rank him, guys, he's, you know, somebody tweets back at me, he's not this and that, Hall of Fame quarterback, right, one of the all-time greats, you just lost him, you have young, young receiver room, young tight end room, defense that is underperformed, Detroit Lions are getting better. Minnesota Vikings yes. kind of have all their pieces back minus Dalvin Cook. Their offensive line is going to be better. Their defense is going to be better. With Brian, for- Brian Forrest calling the plays yeah. on that defensive side. And then, of course, you have the Chicago Bears, which from a talent standpoint, they started to shore up that offensive line. Justin Fields is a game-changing talent at the quarterback position. Are they going to keep developing him? They brought some weapons in to help him on the outside. Defensively, yeah. they got to fill some holes to fill. But you can see, like, it's not that hard for me to make that argument and then add to the fact that strength of schedule wise comparison for just looking at the Packers and the bears if were fighting for scripting for the bottom of the, NFL, the NFC North, the bears going to have an easier, uh, easier schedule this year, aren't they?
1: Uh, for sure. You know, and they understand the process. I mean, they, they know the guy is like you mentioned, Justin Fields is the guy and then defensively did it's got to make sure they tighten up some areas, um, de- you know, defensive back wise and just making sure coverage wise is there. Um, offensive line, obviously they did, you know, help out but just making sure they they're more consistent and that's what I say most teams in, in on any team want the offensive line be consistent because when the offensive line offensive line is up and down then game planning for certain things against certain defenses is hard it's hard to structure that game plan.
0: Uh, you know I'm still not convinced that their offensive line is right like where it needs to be. You mm-hmm. know, certainly I would take I would take the Packers offensive line 10 times out of 10 um at maybe every position but right tackle now with them bringing in the stud for the young stud from from tennessee one of our favorite guys in the draft mm-hmm. but uh I, yeah i think they're just going to be a good team um soldier field's always a tough place to play you know it's just it's the right environment it's a city that's desperate for for somebody to come out and win mm-hmm. so you know i i can't really argue with with the placeholder i guess when we look at it i just start looking at okay position by position like what has to happen for guys to get better? Let's just let's start with maybe the one that we've talked about the most over the last two years. Ag, what could be the plan in the safety room right now? I mean, Rudy Ford had a good season last year. He had three interceptions. had a, a couple pass breakups. He's a, he's an absolute stud in the run game. Mm-hmm. But he's got a long ways to go in order to be a kind of a top tier, even at the Adrian Amos level, I think. And then we're looking at the guy at Darnell Savage who got benched. And now they've just put him back in. Now, listen, I've gotten bench and they put me back in, so I'm not like I'm not saying that this doesn't happen. Correct. Okay, but Correct. what I'm what I'm saying is, you usually have to, unless you've seen something different, unless something some you know fundamentally changed in that equation, you at least have to go. I should be bringing in some maybe top tier guys, free agents, top tier guys, draft picks, and they were kind of pushing at the no. end of the draft, unrestricted mm-hmm. free agents, to bring in some new some new meat there. So, what do you think that what do you think the plan is?
1: Um, I think the plan is knowing that Darnell Savage is a first round draft pick. They're trying to give him that benefit, or just give him that extra cushion of trying to prove himself, uh, of understanding what he needs to know at this defense. But obviously, for us and for me, it's like what third, fourth year. Mm-hmm. You know, or I know it. It was three years for me at running back. It, it was clicking when I got here. Everything just clicked. I was like, I'm helping Dorsey out. In in uh, in terms of verbiage, in terms of what to look out on certain plays, pass or run plays, and so if by year three is not clicking, um, then they're just looking at okay, we already put big money on him because he's a first round draft pick, so we got to less at least give him this one more year. And and I would say you got to speak up if you're the GM if it's if he has to have a talk, gutica got to have a talk with him, or one of the scouts got to pull him to the side and say, hey, this is it. There is no more time left. Mm-hmm. We need you here. We need that. We need you to step up. The ability that we saw on film when you're in, at, at Maryland to bring you, you know, at that, you know, to draft you at that high number. We want to start seeing that now. Because I remember just, you know, I didn't talk a lot, whole lot to guys, but scouts would just come up to me and be like, AG, we don't know if you're about to turn it on, but turn it on now. You know, they'll just say it out of the blue to me, you know, mm-hmm. coming here. when of my first, oh, what's his name? Um, Sammy Seal, our, our scout. Sammy remember? Seal. He will always. Grab me an A.G. He said, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Yep. He said, if you don't do it, I'm on you. I'm going to tell you because I know you got the you got the ability to do certain things that other running backs can't do. I would see him in the cafeteria other, every other day during training camp, and he would say those type of things. So hopefully somebody's just letting him know because that's urgency that they got to have. Players got to have. And we understand what that means, what urgency and means. When you hear that. No doubt. it's it. like, and- I was gonna say,
0: no doubt, AG. And you know, one thing that you know, for fans out there, especially back in like the Holmgren days and the and the, and the Mike Sherman days, mm-hmm. there was just two factions of adults in the room when you were talking about the people that were inter- interfacing with players. And the and I always remember John Schneider being one of these guys. John D- John Dorsey was a hard yeah. ass, but he was he's, a, he's a guy that you know, no. one he was the with Matt
1: Seattle, yeah,
0: yeah, biggest hearted, best guys in the world. Mm-hmm. And these guys would pump you up. It was like their job; they wanted you there were a large reason you were in the building and they wanted you to succeed. And man, they would come in and pump you up. I mean, I remember good days, bad days, good years, bad years. They yeah. would come in and you know, it was, sometimes it was tough love. Sometimes it was like, man, you are killing it right now. They would always just make you feel like you were 10 feet tall. And then the reality was you'd have to go back and the coaches, it was kind of their responsibility. But like, Hey man, we're having honest and truth talk right now, as much yeah. as we're able to, and yeah. we're going to tell you what you need to do to get better. But you had this group, in the building. And I think that's so important. It might be a really important thing for a guy like Savage right now, who's had a, kind of an up and down career until now is like, dude, do you have that guy that you're talking about? It's always just in your ear, man. You, you can do this. You're the man, yeah. like positive affirmation guy. Do you have positive reinforcement, positive affirmation guy? Cause you, the more guys you have, I'm not talking about guys that are, you know, BSing you. We're true. Mm-hmm. We got to be truth no, tellers. No, like, yeah. man, These are truth you, tellers, you know, yeah. we're, we're, you speak some stuff into existence in this world, and I certainly think that can happen with a guy like a guy like Savage. Now, yeah. now moving over to another position because we got a lot of questions coming in. Oh, and yeah. I'm just aside from Jordan Love, let's just put this on the side. I mean, yeah, we already know that's a question. Is he going to play or not? We'll have to see. All right. Yeah. But we know that there's a huge talent versus experience. I still got you, but.
1: Yeah, I'm here. There's I a you.
0: huge talent versus experience, as, as Monk comes back in, uh, at the skill positions on offense. And this is like when you talk about the Jordan Love thing, it's also, well, it's the it's the Watson, it's the Reed, it's the Dobb, it's the Musgrave, it's the Tucker. But like you've got, in the tight end room, the wide receiver room, you've got yep. tons of unta- untapped talent or, or unrealized un, mm. uh, potential as such far, but there's not a lot of experience. And everyone's talking Zero. about – Everyone's talking about the tight end position uh, in particular. Like th- a lot of those guys don't have a lot of success. And I go, my, my pushback is like, well, we had Bubba Franks. He was a pro bowler in the first year, right? And so, and then right. I remember University of Miami part two, Jeremy Shockey, when he was the Giants, dude, he's an absolute unit the first year, right? So yeah. I don't think it's an impossible task. I think what you're asking really is, do these guys have the physical wherewithal and the tool set to be able to stay in there playing and play out be a, a three or four down tied in you know th- these receivers just kind of feel like the second year for receivers are going to have i think watson dot they're going to be good i think Jalen reeds is going to walk in and honestly i think jaren is going to walk in and be good i mm-hmm. think he had a down year last year because they had no quarterback two years ago he was an all-american i think he's going to be a good player in year one but yeah. these tight ends from a physical standpoint is there any reason to think that they can't hold up
1: no no there's no reason they can't hold luke musgrave tucker craft and then we already know uh josiah what he can do mm-hmm. And he's been in, in I say, inserting into the run game a little bit, you know, helping out with blocking. That's a whole new world. He's and he, I think
0: he, I think they've been using him as fullback a lot, too, A.G., in, exactly. the,
1: in pre-preseason here. Yeah, exactly. So just him concerning on that side of it, too. And he's the only veteran in the room. I mean, Tyler, he had a little bit – I I think he played the most last year because he was drafted the year before that. So he got – I think it was the same year as Josiah, and he didn't play that much, um, mostly special teams. But now he got more time last season. So that's where Josiah is the, the veteran in you, the room. But from ability wise, from the film and from the time they drafted him, uh, Luke, Tucker, they got those tight end minds, uh, bodies, minds. And I see, like I said, I said this before we took our little break that 49er scheme of tight ends, they have that ability here. And mm-hmm. you just see how LaFleur and how the OC is going to put them together to get them in, in, in flux into, or as they insert it to the offense how they're you know teaching them, how they're coaching them, how they installing offense and how they not only the plays, but also this is tight end coaches saying, hey, this is your mindset coming into this play. This is right. the play we want, this is what we want out of you on this play. When this play, then when the next play goes up on the screen, this is what we want out of you on this play. You know, if it's running, if it's blocking, if it's running a route, whatever. So it's then those players, it makes it easier for them because you're pinpointing exactly what they need to do and where they got, they don't have to think. Because a lot of rookies are going to do that anyway. You're going to naturally think a whole lot about everything that's coming down your lane. You're taking notes, you're looking at the screen, you're listening to your coaches, you're listening to a vet talking to you or whatever. And you got a lot of process that rookie season of training cap. So give them less to learn so they could get into a comfort zone right away. And these guys, if they get comfortable first real fast doing training cap, Ooh, I'm excited. I would love that yeah, they- I just like these guys. They have, they have talent and you're just,
0: I I echo the same thing, man. It's my, I think at the signing position, it's mindset over everything else. Mm -hmm. But you know, Bubba Frank's Jeremy Shockman, University of Miami mindset, right? Dallas Clark, George Kittle, right? University of uh, Iowa mindset. It's just the way, it's the way you approach the game. And if you're going to come in and approach the game with that physical mindset, Hey, if you just, if, if Luke Musgrave and and Tucker did nothing else, but just said, I'm going to be the most physical dudes on every snap, whether it's true or not, but if they're going to play with that mindset, they're going to, I'm just telling everybody out there, they will excel in the National Football League because for their position right now, that is what is severely lacking in that room across the entire National Football League, except for maybe three three buildings in the, in the entire country. Yep. So if you can come in and just have that mindset, I'm going to be the most physical guy on the field. When I catch a ball, I'm running violent. When I'm blocking, I'm bringing my hips. I'm having my hip, my feet chase my hips. I'm yeah. shooting my hands violently. If I have that mindset and I just keep working my craft, Like you can impact this game very, very early on, man. So I'm, I'm excited just like you are to see those guys. Yeah, Let's look to nice. the other side of the field and talk about Quay, talk about Devondre Wyatt. Yes. What do you think the next step is? Start with Quay Walker, first-round pick last year. Yes. Played a ton, got a ton of experience with Devondre Campbell's out, being the, being the number one guy at the linebacker position. Um, had you know had some uh, growing pains, let's just say, yeah, uh, at the end of the season in particular, like what do you think the next next step is with him, AG and then you know what are the what is that one or two things that are really gonna separate him this year from last?
1: um having his ability now match up with his tempo because sometimes his tempo was either too fast where he's overshooting the gap, overshooting the play or too slow because he's reacting late, he's sitting back five yards trying to figure it out when he should have been in the in the hole stopping a run or whatever so now that talent and that tempo matches up that's year two for him and he and I, and for most players they don't have where it's a year two they usually use it's year three because it it was a year of special teams and then back and forth maybe year two and then not a whole lot in year three and then finally at the year not end, reps it, wise then, like him at least right exactly so he had all them reps rookie year and big games, you know, even going out, you know, starting with the the game over against the Giants over in Europe, over in London, big game, a lot of mistakes made, but then gradually every game you saw some good stuff, we saw some bad stuff. But taking that the mistakes and making them positives more and then having less negatives coming into this season.
0: Yeah, to say it a different way, you know, a lot of guys will say to me now, and we've talked about this before, the real physical presence that you feel from different players is, is a result of obviously confidence and want to, but also mm-hmm. a result of, of, um, conditioning. And I think what condition, what we're really saying with those guys is the game always feels slow. Cause I never feel like I'm needing to catch my breath. I'm always in kind mm-hmm. of like a parasympathetic, a little bit more relaxed state.
1: Yeah.
0: And what Quay needs to be able to do is he needs to be able to slow the game down. And he's ha- certainly had the reps to slow the game down. He certainly has a good mentor in Devondre Campbell. Um, and it's just a question of, do I want to become that kind of physical – do I want to be an Isaiah McDuffie in the run game and then use mm-hmm. my – all the physical advantages in the pass game? Mm-hmm. Because I, we have guys on this team. We had uh, Chris Barnes and Isaiah yeah. McDuffie, the guys that we, we sung their praises week in and week out because of the mm-hmm. physical presence they have when they're on the field. Can I be that kind of guy? Is the game slowed down enough where I can hit the hole and, and hit the hole with confidence? Or mm-hmm. do I have to still you know make those tackles six, eight yards down the field? And then can I just use what, you know, the skills, the tool set, the talent that I've had and I've developed over the last 10 years of my life, can I use that now and really stand out kind of in the passing game? Because I think, like, for, for us, yeah. we're going to look at the run game first. We're going to look at the box game. We're going to look at your ability to stop the run. But for the rest of the world, it's like, can you cover the tight end in the slot? Right, 100%. And, and, that, and that, that's a huge part of it. So I, I'm 100% with you, bro. What about Devontae Wild? Looking at who we lost in the defensive line, looking at the, the pickups that we have, the situation mm. that there is, the defense that they've ran traditionally here, even though they start in the 3-4, in the you know, listen, we're going to see a ton of nickel. Who is going to be that other guy aside from from our man Kenny Clark that is going to command mm. attention and respect so they can't consistently double-team Rashawn or double-team or always slide to Rashawn and, 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 and Clark? Yeah. Like, who's going to be that guy? Is it Devontae Wyatt? And if so, A.G., what
1: does Devontae Wyatt have to do to really take his next step he uh, i say what he has to do is he has to get his uh like i just mentioned with koi uh, walker you got to get in his comfort zone you got to find the part wherever got him to georgia got him to be a starter and a leader and a, and a focal point of that georgia bulldog defense that's what he has to get and that's what you have to do as a player we talk about it all the time mindsets how to come in ready to go you know, what you did in the offseason is preparing you. It's all of that, you know, so it could be that for him. But he has to put his mindset there first and then the physical comes second. He has to visualize that and put that into, you know, taking notes digital, you know, uh, diligently and stuff like that. And and make himself understand the confidence, but not the overconfident side of, you know, where he's come from, Um, because everybody's going to assume he came from a national title team playing for, you know, playing from Georgia. They're a good team now in college football. They're going to just assume that he has. Monster D linemen all over the place. Exactly. But it's a quiet. I say for me, I love it because that's how I came in. It was a quiet confidence about yourself where I knew my stuff and I let my play, let my action in practice show to impress, me. you know, impress you guys in terms of what, then to let you guys from what I knew I was doing he has to do the same thing. He has to come in and let his teammates know from his actions and that he's ready to go. He's ready to make that step forward. And then know, understanding you got to, yeah, got you. Got guys in the room to help you too. You got TJ Slayton, you know, a veteran, somebody that he could depend on and then give feedback. And I say the, a big thing for all these players that we're talking is bounce stuff off your teammates. Don't be afraid to They're do down. that. Don't we'll be afraid. That. Don't look at your teammate as an enemy or a rivalry. No, y'all are wearing the same helmets. It's a business. The, co- the competition is up to the coaching staff. It's not a exactly. Team. It's not up to you. So ask your, ask your teammate, Hey man, how did I look on that? You know, did I come out my stance real good or did I, was it too high or whatever? Did I read that right? No, get that, if get that that honest feedback from your teammates and that's what I would ask you, I would ask you guys, I would ask, you know, guys in my locker, in my room, in the running back room to say like, what could I do better or what did I do right on that last play? Even the coach that the coaches I had, I would ask that question to better me every day. So that's what he has to have.
0: This is kind of a, this is tangential a little bit, but, Obviously, there's a lot of – there's been some culture conversations going on with Georgia. There's a couple of different things that have happened over the offseason, right? Maybe the last two offseasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Devontae White being in a room where a lot of these guys have flourished at the at, the, at Georgia and then have moved on to the first-round draft picks in the mm-hmm. National Football League. You know how right now that, like, the Jets are going on to Hard Knocks and they're, they're basically – Jets are like, yeah, we're going to limit your access, man. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think I'm Hard Knocks to. is – kind of, yeah, and I totally agree with it. I think Hard Knocks has run its course – but here's what here's what I think of a guy like, and particularly for some reason, Devontae Wyatt is one of those guys I'm just curious about. Yeah. You see that new quarterback's that show on Netflix. Now I haven't watched it, but I heard that you know you've oh, got I heard really about good it. I've watched it. a yeah, really good, honest inside look. And with the amount of guys that have cameras following them around, and the amount of content that they can curate, and the amount of like control they can have over their process and and what's put out in the in the world, I would love to see guys like. I would love to start watching shows on guys like Devontae Wyatt. I want to know what that dude did this off season. I want to see him work. Mm. I want to see him train. I want to see him talk to mentors. I want to see him go in and experience new opportunities to work on your stance, your set, mm-hmm. work with new experts, right? I want to see like I want to know that's what I these are, those are the kind of guys I want to know exactly what's going on. I want to know about the guys that are the absolute best in the world. What are they doing? Yeah. Right? I'm very fortunate to be able to work with some of those guys so I know kind of what they're going through. I and mean, you and I have had the experiences already.
1: Mm-hmm. But then I want
0: to see those guys like, okay, you went through your combine stuff for year one. You did, you know, it's a whirlwind, blah, blah, blah. Now year one to year two, what did you do this offseason? Did you get your stance slower, right? Have you worked on your timing? Have you worked on your get off your hands? Are you working on redirection? Yeah. Who are you talking to? Are you going back to Georgia? Are you talking to Jordan Reed and all those other great guys that are there? Yeah. You know, who, who, who is it? Are you, are you spending time with Kenny Clark? What, right. what are you doing to get better? There's such an opportunity there, not only for that player, but also when you talk about brand building, talking about fan engagement, like that is a – I think that's just a really unique, untapped opportunity that's going to be coming on in the next five, ten years, man, because I'm – like for me, content-wise, I'm desperate to see what guys like Devontae White and Quay Walker are doing in the offseason.
1: Oh, definitely, because you know the ability is there. We know if they – focus right they're going to be special yeah and so to see what they do behind closed doors if you us being players we'll know right away it won't take one or two plays we'd be like oh yeah they were working on something this offseason that's all it's going to take if we were on the field as coaches right now you know i'm coaching running backs you're coaching the old line and i see Devonte do stuff from the running back point of view and you see you know aaron jones aj dylan do stuff from you're gonna be like oh they did some work this year that's 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 the first acknowledgement when other coaches other players from the other position you know your teammates acknowledge that you're like man we saw you do this play lap where how do you when'd you do when you come up with that move you know i remember i remember yeah. nate wayne saying to me something they man, when'd you do that when you learn that and i'm like i was working with sly he was telling me about my footwork here you know on planting and you know pointing my foot out to the to out of the route make me come out cleaner Away from the linebacker to get more open on the one on one route. So stuff like that. And then I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just saying some gibberish to him. So
0: this is what was so great at our back in our day when we didn't have I mean, honestly, this is why I was talking about it, like not wanting to be at OTA is not wanting to be there the whole time. Cause
1: mm-hmm.
0: some of that's great. But also like I was so excited to come back and show everybody how hard I've been working. Mm-hmm. What a, you know, my, my body was better. You're learning more. Like it, it's it you, you can go learn from other people and then come back and like share that information. It's great. Um yeah, it's awesome. Last one for me, AG.
1: Yeah.
0: What does Joe Barry have to do to change his stripes? And and like they have so much talent, you know, seven yeah. or eight first round draft picks now. Lucas Van Ness now, another first round draft pick, Way Walker and Devontae White, two were first round draft picks last year. Okay. And on, and on and on and Devontae Savage Darnell, you know, blah 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 yeah. and on and on and on. How Jair Alexander's top two or three quarterback in the league, right? Yeah. These rest of these guys, Rashawn Gary, can, Rashawn, Rashawn Gary can be one of those guys if he comes back healthy. Yeah. What do you do? What does he have to fundamentally do? And I'm not schemes, X's and O's, just like, huh. give me one or two things. He walks into the room day one and says, hey, I'm changing for the better. Here's how.
1: Uh, he has to let his players know what you just said from day one. And he has to do it in a way where they see it's just not coach speak it's real like it's him it's something he's thought about for the last four months since playoffs was over or no they didn't make it to playoff since the season was over because a player knows when a coach is just coach speaking them they're just saying the normal coach talk when a coach comes in and it's like oh it's Oh, it's about to get real out here. I've had, I know, uh, I think it was my running backs coach. I think it was, I know Sly. He was one of those guys. Edgar Bennett, too, when he took over. He's one of those guys. They'll come in and say something just in the running backs room. You'll be like, oh, oh, it just got real. And then that wakes me up. You know, that puts me on notice because then I got to make sure I'm showing up to play every day or I'm learning the playbook. I'm learning something different because now – The scheme that is going, coming at us, is going to be something a little bit more serious because if we don't abide by the guidelines, we're not going to be on that field. So he has to let people know, like, whatever his talk is, that first talk of training camp, and then whatever he worked on to look at, you know, he's watched a ton of film from last season. He's took down all the errors that he made in play calling and personnel changing and, and when the right, you know, certain little things he had to do at the right time, he didn't do them at the right time. And so he has to let them know in a way to let them know this is it. This is the time you got We all got to do this. We're in this together for one. I say, saying that, when I, when a coach says, hey, I, I'm in this with y'all. I'm not just a coach. I'm here with y'all. I'm, so let me know. When I hear that, I'm like, yeah, here we go. This is a guy I could trust. I could start to build that rapport with. So when I got a problem, hey, coach, you, you told me how to do this, but what's the world? I'm, I'm missing something. And you can ask those type of questions and dig in on each other and make each other better during this is the time training camp then this season it could be the the changing season to where the reason he got brought in is to make this team make this defense the side of the ball with the players they have and they have the players to make this team or make this defense the side of the ball a problem for not just the nfc north but any team facing this team throughout the 2023 season players want to be
0: put in positions to be successful and they want the coaches to teach them how to find that success. That's it. I'm, if, I, if I'm this guy, if, I, if I'm Joe Barry, I walk in day one and I go, listen, we're going to play downhill. Our, our defensive tackles are, go- are better when they're moving forward. So we're going to have them penetrate. Rashad Gary is going to pick up more sacks when we allow him to play the run that's on me. the way to the pass,
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the way to the quarterback. So that's how we're going to <clears> play. <throat> Same thing with Preston. We're going to send Quay Walker on more dogs. Than, than even maybe more than we did last year because we found out that he operates pretty well when we give him an assigned route to go downhill. Oh, yeah. and he's good around the quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. We, we are going to use Rudy Ford as a as a box, and as a run-enforcing safety, and we're going to let Darnell Savage play over the top. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to take one of the two or three best cornerbacks in the league, and we're going to stick him on their best player, and we're going to let him play football the way he should. All and we're going to figure out if Eric Stokes or Rasul Douglas, whoever else is the other guy, we're going to compensate for their their lack of or we're going to compensate for what Jair Alexander is going to do across that for that one player. We're going to make sure that those guys are taken care of. And J- Jair, you got, hey, last year we did this against the commanders and you lost out. Terry McCollum beat you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are willing to take that bet 17 out of 17 games every yeah. single time but we are going to be this kind of defense and what does that require we have to practice faster we have to yeah. practice our tackling we have to understand that our get off on the defensive line means more so we're going to really exploit it because we have guys that can do this but sometimes we're not maximizing the ability of these uh, these talented athletes mm-hmm. and they know it and when they know it they're not going to play up to they're not going to play up to whatever ceiling that you're artificially setting for them because it's not the same ceiling that they see for themselves so yeah. You know, I'm, we're we're saying something in in a little bit different way, man. But I, he needs to come in there and and put his foot in the ground, and be like, hey, man, if I'm yeah. going out, we're gonna go out doing it my way, and and this is how I think we're gonna help this team
1: be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because you you send that clear message of what's going on, and that's what. As long as you do that, you send that message, and they understand it and what it is, then then players are, then they could just let it loose. And know and know and know know the game because a lot of those players already know the technique. They know the fundamentals. It's just getting it ready for everybody to be on the same page at the same time to have success, basically. I always
0: feel like when you when you, especially on the defensive line, you talk about the box players. When hey, if we're going to play downhill, we're attacking Jets defense, right? One gap guys. If we're going to allow them to do that at least half the time, you're going to get more production. You just are. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they want to play. No, nobody. Nobody in their right mind signs up to play in the National Football League if it's a two gapper. They'll do it because it's a job. Yeah. But ain't no defensive tackle trying to play two gap for their careers. I mean, yeah. Richard Seymour is a Hall of Famer. Ty Warren is unbelievable. I mean, the yeah, guys are unbelievable.
1: folk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Vince, they're, 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 listen, every one of those dudes, Richard, I, I tell you, I played Richard Seymour all the time. I'll tell you, if you made that dude a one gap player, his numbers would be ridiculous. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer already. But his numbers would have been ridiculous. He was a one gap player all the time. Mm. It's just yeah. different, man. Smart. And so smart spice. You know. uh, let's tackle the one of the week, man. It, <laughs> they just got together. The running backs got together. I think. uh, uh big old boy from from the Chargers, Chargers set up snickling. a little Zoom meeting. Everyone's upset. Saquon Barkley is upset. Tony Pollard signed his deal. Saquon didn't sign it. Uh, who's the other fellow that didn't sign it? Uh, Ag. Um, my mind's uh slipping uh, me of course. Cook.
1: Dalvin Cook. Dalvin
0: Cook. No, so Dalvin's Dalvin doesn't have uh he doesn't have one, right? I think that he, he hasn't have, signed,
1: I don't think, or
0: he hasn't signed, but the guys that the guys that have been franchised Jacob. Josh, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs he Josh just Jacob. left he just left Las Vegas. Yeah, doesn't look like he's showing up for camp. Now here's the here are the numbers, AG, just to, we'll put them out there. The running back franchise tag right now is 10.1 million dollars. About yeah, 10 million. now, it used to be 14, like five, five, ten years ago. Really? Ezekiel. Oh yeah. Wow. Ezekiel Elliott signed a six-year, ninety million dollar deal I recently. Re- 15 remember. million a year, 50 million guaranteed. Christian McCaffrey signed a four-year deal for 64 million, which is 16 a year, 25 million, 25.5 million dollars up guaranteed. front. 38 million guaranteed. 38 guaranteed. Okay. Okay. So so right now, the gap between – let's just put it in percentages. It's $5 million, $6 million gap from Saquon Barkley to Christian McCaffrey.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: that's also that's also a full 50% more right? than – Ezekiel is going to make 50% more. Christian McCaffrey is going to make 50% more a year than Saquon or Josh Jacobs can sign by signing their tenders. In other words, if they signed – and they don't have any other options. You sign your tender or you're not playing football. There is no other option, you wow. because the way that we've done these deals, the way the owners fleece the NFLPA,
1: yeah,
0: a running back in the National Football League whose lifespan is twenty nine years old according according to the the bean counters, according to True. the analytics experts, Correct. and really except for Adrian Peterson, let's be honest, yeah, that number is not that far off, right? No. no. The, and the more they run, the less valuable they become. Because oh, I got more hits. Got more hits. I mean, Derrick Henry might reset this whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, but true. it's nuts. But the but the reality here is, from the minute the first round draft pick signs, they can just if they're twenty two years old, they can just go. I if I'm good, I am not going to be a free agent in this National Football League until twenty nine years old, and at that point, I make my rookie contract. I get franchised twice for ten million bucks or thereabouts. Okay. And I've made a ton of money, but when I start looking at my value, Saquon Barkley in particular, relative to everybody else on this team, my value to the New York Giants football franchise versus everybody else, nah. versus Daniel Jones, who's about to make forty some million dollars a year, you know, you just go, oh my god. Yeah. You know, what do you do, AG?
1: Oh man, I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough thing because it's the whole system of what the nfl is doing right now the nfl for the last 10 years has created the passing league it's a passing league from 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 rule calling changes you know penalty Mm -hmm. penalties and all that competition stuff to wide receivers i mean genetically just being taller and faster megatron it started with megatron and now you got kids that are sick You know, well over, you know, I I played with Andre Johnson. He was 6'4", 225. He went Mm. (laughs) 4'4". Okay. Julio Jones, yeah. That was 2002, when he retired. He played for 10 years. You know, Julio Jones was after him. So you have kids just like, so that, so this game is tailored, and it's obviously about putting touchdowns in the end zone. The deep ball gets there faster. You got better quarterbacks, more accurate, more ability, like a Pat Mahomes, like a Josh Allen. So it's the game, the, the house is against the running backs right now. We talking. We're gonna talk gambling. You know Vegas stuff. Everything's against the running backs in terms of what 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 they should try to earn. But their value, I think, this is where the teams will get in trouble. It's gonna bite them in the ass if they don't have that guy back there in that backfield when your quarterback is beat up, can't do some of the things like a Pat Mahomes can do or like a Josh Allen can do. That's when it's gonna bite them in the ass because you want to move the ball you want to drain the clock say if your defense is not playing up the snuff you want to hold that ball the only way you do it you got a run game you got an offensive line you got some running backs back there that can drain that clock so
0: guards are make guards are making franchise guard will make seven million dollars right. more a year than 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 a than a running back now right. think about that
1: right that's nuts that is crazy so to the ones, when I say to the ones, I mean the teams out there that are trying to predicate their offense on the pass game and and devalue the running back like the Giants are right now, bringing in the kid from Jacksonville to try to replace Saquon. You know, I say like, that's a valiant effort, but that is no way in comparison. Those two guys is the one kid a good running back? Yes, he's a good running back. He's no Saquon Barkley. You know, right? He's a, he's a guy. Saquon is a guy we saw win that game against the packers in london last year the from his big play ability from the you know from the start of the game to the end of the game he was one of the he was the main reason that game was won and other games down the road for last season for the giants you know but do, do you do you think that do you think that people are like the the
0: the teams are just doing what they're supposed to do because like here here's the here's the example i've given everybody mm-hmm. so in i think in 2003 you averaged – you were, you and Priest Holmes were the top two running backs mm-hmm. in the National Football League from yards per scrimmage, right? Yeah. And arguably the best two running backs in the league. Okay. So you were averaging about five yards a carry. Tony Fisher was also averaging five yards a carry. And Najee was also averaging five yards a carry.
1: Yeah. We were putting, now out.
0: we all know that your five <laughs> yards a carry is different than their five yards a carry. Like we know that because yes. we're football players. But when you think about it now with the nickel defenses, five in the box, six in the box, getting four and a half yards of carry ain't that hard for most of the game. From the 20 to the 20, I can I can hire damn near anybody, and sure. they can get four and a half, five yards of carry. Now, when it gets down to, hey, we need a good running back, we need an Amon Green, now these teams are going to miss out. But from a bean right. counter standpoint, analytics guy, they're going to go, no, no, no. Why are we going to pay Amon – X amount of dollars when I can mm-hmm. pay Tony and Najee a fraction of that do- amount of money for when they go to the public, right? they're going to all, they're all going to see oh, <clears throat> five yards of carry, five yards of carry. And in the locker room, we're going, come on, man, it's a Mon Green. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Come on, man. It's Saquon Barkley. Right. But to the, yeah. to the public, to the general manager, to the guys that are running the checks, it's so easy now because of analytics yeah. to go, Oh, it's same, same. Same, same, and I don't know what they do. Like, Saquon, you hold out. If you hold out, you just you, hey, you could stand on your moles and miss out on ten million bucks, man. Like I'm yeah. saying, where I'm sitting, ten million bucks sounds like a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna not hold out, but I'm at least say something. Like he was saying all off season, you know. But business, then you gotta be after that. You gotta be a smart, smart businessman because we already know when he's gonna set out the season how GMs are gonna think. Oh, he set out a season. You know, can well, be on bell? Look like at yeah.
0: Le'Veon Bell's career. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, because if you take that year off what you've been doing from I mean, he already, he already had the injury, but he came back, got back to regular Saquon. So you don't you don't basically reset that where you're gonna be have to reprove himself again. And that's and then that's a either that's an even tougher sell. Because why? It's a year later, no football, no playing, and then mm-hmm. it's a year later on his life. He's now one year older to what we're talking about, getting closer to 30. And then I remember before 03, I heard I was getting report from the reporters in our locker room to hearing commentation on NFL Network about me. in 01 and 02, they're already get, saying I was long in the tooth. And I'm like, I'm not even 25 yet. i was like, what? The it's because of the carries, you mean? Yeah. And, and I knew that. I knew that. But you know what? It was just like, wow. Just the, the narrative was just interesting. And hearing it now and seeing it now is just like, man it still ain't went nowhere. They're just doing it a little differently now because now there's something strong and it's the pass game for a lot of teams out there. They have these quarterbacks. They have wide receivers. And even the teams that are just like rub, right at average, like the Giants, they still have a Daniel Jones who can't chuck the ball. He's a, you know, a run. I won't say he's running the mill, but he's a, he got a big deal, but that talent is there and he has the wide receivers to help him out. So in that, in that team, in that scheme, so. Yeah, I
0: think mm-hmm. the, the hard thing is, I mean, would you if you're a running back in this day and age, do you start looking at yourself like, man, I got to be like a Debo Samuel or you or I mean, I know he's, you know, you start looking like, OK, do I just have no. to do I have to become more of a hybrid player? Do I need to, like, reclassify myself as a wide receiver, a slot guy? Um, I say
1: uh, I say what you got to do is. As a running back, you don't want to get into that mind game for one. Yeah. Because then you're lost. You either say to yourself, like you, you you declare it in the off season, because uh-huh, you got to train your body to for to be a Debo Samuel. So I wouldn't start thinking that. Obviously, right now I'm thinking that back in if we lost the playoff game or we didn't go, you know, deep in the right. playoffs at all. I'm in January. That's when I'm thinking. Okay, next season, this will this is starting now. Our season just ended. Now I'm gonna be the runner that I know I want to be the runner because I remember hearing yeah. this from. Uh, a friend of Brett's, Brett, when Brett got inducted, I went out to Ohio and I was at his party and his college or his high school teammate came up to me and say, Amon, you know, I've been wanting to meet you. shook his hand. He said, you know, no. Nah, 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 great to meet you. Long story short of it, though. He said, Amon, Brett told me that you were the best pure running back that can not pure running back, but running back that can do more than one thing. You could catch the ball and you could run yep. the ball. Because he noticed that once he got to Minnesota with AP that he was just a straight runner. We could give yeah. him the ball. That's what he is. He's a running back. He's not going to go run a screen play. He's not going to go one-on-one in the slot against a linebacker or go on the edge and go deep route. No, that's not AP. AP is you give him the ball, he runs. That's it. But you, I could, I could run screens. I could run routes against linebackers. I could pick up the blitz very well and all that stuff. And that was the so, difference. So they got to that those these players, these running backs got to know who they are way before the season start, because then that determines on how successful they're going to be, basically.
0: And so it so then it lends the question, if you're playing the running back position, you know, you came from Seattle. But like, really, you're Seattle, like that Seattle door closed early and your Green Bay door opened when you were quite young. Mm-hmm. So when you get on these teams that end up wanting to build their offense, at least partially around your style of play, Correct. like these good teams, the smart teams that are like, we were just talking about with Joe Barry, like, Oh, yes. I've got guys that can do this. I better start using that more.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, mon can catch screens. In addition to everything else, we should probably become a good screen team. That those kind of things. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're there, this is the other hard part for, I think the running back position. It's not like Christian McCaffrey goes from Carolina Panthers who want to run the ball to the San Francisco 49ers who want to run the ball. But right. you know, a lot of guys, They'll go from a team whose philosophy, you know, I went to the I went from a team that wanted to be a top, you know, top three offense to a team that wanted to be a, you know, a top 25 to 30 offense. They just wanted to be average. They didn't care in Carolina. And right. so when that happens, like your the ability to use a specific skill set that you might have, whether it's frequency, whether it's style of runs, whether it's a little of the plays they call, it changes. And so it's hard for these guys like Saquon. Like Saquon's always going to be good. Josh Jacobs is always going to be good, but are they better in the is, is Saquon better with the Giants than he is if he goes somewhere else? Probably, because he's the feature guy. Yeah. Because he, because without Saquon, it don't work there. That no. he can go somewhere that they've got a good quarterback, they get a good wide receiver, and all of a sudden, like he might not be in the number one option. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's important to him either from a production standpoint or just like, dude, I want to be the face of the franchise. I don't want to leave. And I think that's the hard part where we get to this ultimately yeah. is like dude you know he's the face of your franchise you know he's the mvp of your team and you're not required to pay him and ezekiel ellich every when ezekiel Elliott signed that deal i think every rational person was like well that's gonna backfire like you know what i mean yeah. it's just it, it just didn't like he didn't he doesn't come off as the kind of guy that that was going to work out for whether it was for a number of for whatever reason
1: yeah i was but hoping up, i liked him i was hoping to yeah but, but yeah, it ends up it, being it a didn't. bad deal you exactly. know but is Saquon that
0: guy you know what I mean? It, yeah. And the Dallas Cowboys have Tony Pollard. They have Dak Prescott. They, you know, they had Ceedee Lamb, or or you know, they at the time they they had mm-hmm. uh, Amari Cooper. So it's like they have other guys there. So you start going like, dude, if he fails at all, be getting paid all that money, dude. They'll just go to all these other dudes, right? Yeah, but well, Saquon, look at Saquon. Like, what other dudes? Exactly. There ain't nobody else here. It's me. Exactly. You know I
1: mean? and that's the difference between him and Ezekiel? You know, yeah. Ezekiel was that one step and go. He got the ball pew, he was downfield he had the line to do it too where you didn't have to think about much just get upfield he got pro bowl guards in there and now in and Ezekiel you know the line better than I do so you know from an offensive lineman standpoint what he can do and what he has to deal with game by game so he knows his game has to be a little bit more dynamic so he can run the ball but then he could get out on the edge he could well he will do the screen game they do the screen game with him very well and He catches the ball very well out of the backfield, so that's kind of where he is a little different than Ezekiel here in this situation. So, you want to do some get off my lawn? Oh, 100 let's all get right. it, Listen. get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> all right, man. So, the first one I got this. Is so the, the women's world cup's up, and look, my daughter plays soccer, my son plays soccer. We're huge soccer fans, and we yep. want to support, and uh, I. I don't even want to get into the whole men versus women sports. I just, I'm just so sick of it, right? Like I'm so sick of that, that whole discussion and everything. And and I, I of course I am, whatever, but here's the deal, man. Women's world cup. So the women's national team, you're, you, you have all the success and like, these are the times where if you're going to make a push, you got to make a push, right? Yeah. yeah. And so what, so they go to FIFA and they say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to market ourselves. We're going to split off from the men. So usually when they go, when they do TV deals, they package the women together with the men's because yes. the men's makes six point three billion dollars and the women's makes 340 million. Some It's ridiculous. Right. Like the yeah. numbers are like a 20x difference. Okay. Right. Right. But the winner, like, hey, we're doing so well, and we're riding this wave, and we got, you know, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, all these we got these winners here, and it's still time. Let's let's strike while they aren't high
1: yeah, and that. try
0: to get some more things going. We just got the equal paid deal, which is really like women get paid like 14 times more than men from a business standpoint. It's ridiculous. 14 mm-hmm. times over for exaggeration. But, anyways, um, and so they did these independent deals instead of packaging everything, and they lost out on like hundred. The reports are like somewhere between one hundred fifty and two hundred fifty million dollars they could have made if they just okay. would have packaged the deals. And then they, they put the they put the games in New Zealand and Australia this year. Like they get awarded to places that have no time zones that marry up with the United States or Europe. Yeah. And so all these games are on at like six a.m., two in the morning. 3, you're like,
1: yeah, how I was can watching you the guys screw this up, up so game. bad?
0: right yeah how could you screw this up so bad you had like this is a real opportunity and i just feel like uh
1: yeah they, FIFA, they didn't get off ahead. My yeah they didn't think ahead so they they didn't really put the visualization forward of what this is going to look like if we don't package this with the men knowing that has always worked um and it's sad because obviously now they're again behind a ball because of the losses and now it might have to obviously you're going next time this come up when it four it's every four years or every two years it's every four years yeah years.
0: And, they're get, and they're gonna and they're going to break even this year right. and, they can, and you listen you can spin this as a success because they they did it right. that's not what I, my my point is just like if you're going to do that and it's time you need to do that right because we need to stop packaging them we need to you know we just need to appreciate you need to appreciate sports for what they are mm-hmm. right if you're what if you're playing division three football and i'm playing division one that don't make me better than you. It just means no. you're playing Division Three football, and that's the most important thing you're doing. If exactly. I'm watching a men's game and we're watching a women's game, I don't got to talk about like, well, the men could beat the women. So it does. Just if yeah. if you like to watch it, appreciate for what it is. If you don't like to watch it, turn the channel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we don't need to do all this all this other stuff.
1: Yeah, but, and that, that's the narrative of the media. We know that.
0: <laughs> well, but it's also it's propelled by a lot of things. But it's really pre- financially they want to get paid the same amount of money. So that's it was true. time that they do something like this. My whole point is like, then why put it in Australia where the where the time where yeah. you can't even watch the games.
1: That was yeah. That was that's not good. I mean, I was like I said, I watched the replay of uh their Nether not like they play Netherlands tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow I mean, they play
0: Vietnam there. uh two days ago. It was
1: v- yeah, they they play Vietnam. I watched the replay of that game there. Um but I was like where at first I was like I saw it on and I'm like, wait a minute, this is this time lapse, I think. That's I like if they, because they, they kept saying where they were, and I'm like, I know the time difference. They're there next day ahead of us. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, wait a minute. So yeah, so yeah, that that part of it is is just unfortunate that the planning of it, knowing the time zones and everything else, makes it makes it tough, makes it a bad situation for them.
0: Aman, I don't know anything about the Church of Scientology except uh, for I think I, think I know like a little I think L. Ron Hubbard or like some science fiction writer. Started You're, right. It, you know? You're right.
1: In in, but in Los Angeles, whatever Hollywood, voodoo
0: Hollywood. listen, whatever voodoo witchcraft that is going on over there that allows Tom Cruise at 60 years old to be still the wor- the world's biggest action star. Because I just watched Mission Impossible, the new one. Yeah. And I'll just say it unapologetically. That, that movie and Tom, the Top Gun Maverick, are the two best movies I've seen, or most entertaining movies I've seen in like two years. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I hear dude, you. Sixty. I know. So like, what are they? What are they putting something in his drink? I mean, if you pay enough money into that place, do they? Do they have like the? You see that the billionaire who's like taking his grandson's eighteen-year-old like blood and like putting it in his system the reverse age? Like, what, what are they doing over? The, oh yeah, dude. There's some crazy. Stuff I see on that. There. Oh yeah, there's there's some there's some rich guy who's like literally pulled like his grandson's blood and started injecting himself or plasma or something, something to like oh start goodness. reversing the aging process. Man, it's a nuts story. But like, I don't know what they're doing with Tom Cruise, but this he looks amazing. First of all, he looks better than we do. I mean, yeah.
1: like, the guy that like, he's he it looks like he just touched forty. Now he's sixty years old. Right. I got much respect for my man Tom. He's been around a long time. The part I I I can't fathom. I have to. I can't believe from a movie standpoint i know it's a fictional tale Mm -hmm. mip what's this nine or six i don't know what's the number yeah it's whatever it's up there um him being that age no one that he's that age and kicking people's butt that's like in their 30s i I can't do it i can't watch that and all the stunts i mean yes the stunts in this
0: movie are just absurd
1: for the last 10 years when i watched the preview i saw a preview i remember the one where he jumped out of a building in in dubai that tallest world's tallest dubai skyscraper from the t- like the top floor and he's jumping off and i'm like it's like running Whoa. down the building and whatnot I'm like, yeah, yeah he's yeah. running on. i'm like no i can't do it i mean even though i watch comic book movies i know i'm contradicting myself but it's like that's not believable i get it you could tweet you, i'd you rather believe that guys what you're right. saying exactly at least i know I'm it's waiting. fake at least i know it's right, fake. Right, right. Like, like i know it's not real much respect for him because you got to do some. you got to have some athletic ability to pull off. I know he's not doing every single stunt. I know that. But he's doing majority of it. He's that type of guy. He's that type of actor. He's going to try to make it real as possible for us as fans to watch. I say on another note, another guy that's older than him, that's like in his 80s, at least they, in, in Indiana Jones. The oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Got to watch it. Now, at least they tailored his stunts to his age. Like, oh, he was throwing like punches. Like getting out of a chair as a stunt. It's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> so at least it's just fist fights, okay? And he's and he's cracking the whip. That's it. He's 80. So he's like, hey, I'll punch a guy and I'll whip him with this, with this nice. whip. I'll push him out the window or something. Right, they kept right. it to his age demographic of, okay, an 80-year-old can at least punch a guy if they most of their life they've been in good health and good shape. At least they're catering to that for harrison ford but for my man tom like i said much respect ton of money making the movies at the end of the day i think they probably he's probably getting just to be on the script probably just 50 million just to be on the script before they even hey, know the movie's Par- good or not he
0: went to paramount he went to paramount the, the story is he went to paramount with wait without a script he went to paramount with an outline and asked them to write a blank check and he would not he would not blow up the budget and they said "Your tom cruise will do it
1: wow that's awesome
0: so last one for you, we were just talking about superheroes being maybe more believable. So Comic Con was just down in San Diego. We just rolled in yesterday. My mom, my uh uh my my parents were already down here. My wife yeah. stayed downtown.
1: Ooh, it's crazy down. She's downtown. like, she's, the oh, gas she's like oh,
0: dude, it's crazy downtown. And I was just thinking, what is the craziest, most outrageous costume you saw at
1: Comic Con in your time? Because I know uh, you're a guy. Yeah, I've been there. And this is the only me and KB was trying to go, but we couldn't because of the move and stuff. Um the craziest like crazy okay craziest costume i've saw i'll say crazy good i've seen some legit batmans like like it was movie grade batmans and was Mm -hmm. like wow uh i can't tell the difference you know good job that's how you you get to see that and then um the outrageous i say something outrageous though um what is it a uh, walking dead they did their exhibit oh and yeah and the zombies like like they were re- like it was like oh my god that's crazy like, it's how scary good it, it <laughs> looks and then the actors inside of it too they're putting on the show doing the uh, that's the outrageous thing um i've seen is the walking they stared the crap out of my wife and kids we had one of our daughters with us and then yeah, they was like, no, we're not going over there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, they're just serious. I still, I still got to check it out one time. And it was you actually, do,
0: actually, there was one in Austin right now. It was like last okay. weekend, and we missed it. We weren't there, and I was like, I was begging the kids, and I realized we couldn't go. But um, I'm gonna get there eventually, man.
1: Yeah, Comic Con, it's a, it's a spectacle. Um, a couple of my friends went. That was a group of us that we hang out together. We have a good old time buying toys, pretty much grown people buying the toys and dressing up for Halloween on Saturday is their masquerade party that they nice. do every Saturday. So that was just this past weekend. I mean, as you know, you brought it up there. So. Hey, G-Man, good show to everybody where you can
0: find you here before we, we bounce out. I
1: know, first one of the year so far. So you find yeah. you Twitter and Instagram on Green 30 and also with the Gamers Lounge on TikTok. On Green's Gamers Lounge on TikTok and YouTube as well, everyone. And so Mike, later... When, when boy, are you going live on that, bud. Uh, not this week because I got to go to Big Ten Media Days because I'm a Big Ten coach now. So you can catch me there interviewing Rule and Fickle and tr- – Oh, remember yeah, from Franklin. Jane Franklin, I get to talk to him. Oh, hey, listen, you give them hell, AG. I will. All right, everybody,
0: we'll check you guys next time. Check us out, youtube.com, backslash, uh, process to perform. Mike Mikewell68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. Thank you. Thank
1: you for listening to Believe.